Hello, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to ReachMD. Today we have a very special guest, Sean Yanchunas. He is a clinical content manager, workflow expert at Catholic Health East. It's a system throughout the East Coast, uh, which has a number of hospitals and facilities, and probably wondering what a clinical person like this does. Well, actually, Sean is a pharmacist, and as a pharmacist, he actually is someone who's very involved, in fact, intimately involved, in not only selecting evidence-based medication choices, which are going to be used in computerized systems, but helping it work and work in the computerized world. And the reason why Sean's joining us on ReachMD is to talk a little bit about the link between pharmacy and what we call informatics, the fact that we're now in a situation in today's world where people can actually, as physicians, take care of patients and go into these systems and choose medications and the best ones that are selected, those sorts of things. So, Sean, my first question for you is just a general one. You know, you're a pharmacist. You were working clearly in a clinical realm, and, and this is an extension of that. What was the excitement of this? What drew you to working in this health informatics field? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Dr. McDonough. And, yeah, I am very excited in uh, medical informatics because I see it as a excellent tool for clinicians to use to help more efficiently and deliver care safely to all our patients. And when you say that, um, you obviously were in a frontline role as well. What do you see as the advantage of having the computers, um, the technology, and having the medications online? Where do you see that helping clinically? Well, I'll give you my perspective. I've actually been a pharmacist for nearly 20 years now. When I first started practicing, was in a large teaching hospital in Philadelphia. And we still had a lot of the older systems that were very much paper-based. And I've seen the pharmacy HIS systems be implemented and involved. And, and it really helped us break away from the filling and distribution of medications to more medication management. And I think over the last decade or two, really transformed pharmacy in a big way. The fact that these systems were put in place, safety systems such as medication barcoding, uh, the filling of medications in at least most of the larger institutions are done by robotics and or automated dispensing machines, where we spent hours and hours and hours really distributing medications decades ago. Now, in some cases, pharmacists don't even necessarily touch the medications. And it's allowed us to get decentralized on the floors in the hospitals and round with the physicians and the nurses. And this interdisciplinary team has really been great for the patients. It's been great for the pharmacists. It's been great for the nurses and, and physicians and residents. Everyone learns from each other. It's another layer of uh, so-called Swiss cheese to prevent any kind of errors. And I think the care of our treatment, uh, care and the treatment of our patients and the outcomes of our, of our patients in our hospitals are improved greatly by having these systems in place. Modern-day systems, you're adding clinical decision support tools, which is just another way to help the clinician diagnose and treat patients even safer. 
And it's kind of interesting when you look at that, the focus on safety and on quality and the focus on those changes. Yet so many people are afraid of this. I mean, what do you see as a concern for you? Like when you're there and you're creating things, where do you see that, you know, physicians and nurse practitioners and others could drop the ball um, and make potential problems? Well, even with these new systems in place, there are really unintended uh, consequences to even these. Although we're preventing many, many, many errors, and a lot of data shows uh, how that is the case, the, the fact that computerized physician order entry, for example, transcription errors where the unit secretary might transcribe an order incorrectly is eliminated. Handwriting, you know, misinterpreting a, a poorly written U for unit for another zero and overdosing an insulin. All these kind of errors are, are eliminated. Look-alike, sound-alike errors uh, where, you know, you, you have a red light, green light, yellow light when you're driving. But when there's 10,000 different drugs out there and, and dosage forms, there's only so many colors and so many shapes that the, the drug companies can make. And it's very easily, it's very easy to confuse the drug, the name, and give the wrong drug to the wrong patient. And barcoding eliminates that kind of an error. You know, that's interesting when you look at that, and that's a positive. What about the idea of what they call alert fatigue, that when there are warnings in the computerized system and they keep coming up, people say, wait a minute, I don't want to deal with this anymore, I want to ignore it. What about that concern? It is a very big concern, and not necessarily even in our industry. Alert fatigue, for those of you that don't know what it is, the clinical decision support tools can throw uh, pop-up windows at you, explaining different drug interactions, explain maybe allergies or subtleties and changing dosing for renal failure or hepatic failure, et cetera. There's various levels to interactions, and some of them are very, very minimal, and you really don't want to hear about them. And some are very, very serious. The problem with alert fatigue is you get so many pop-up windows that when an important one is presented to you, you may not read it and understand it like you should because you're just being overwhelmed. I've actually just recently saw a show on the military channel where American fighter pilots are turning off alerts in their cockpits because it's just too much stimulus for a human being to comprehend. Uh, so there's a very fine line of where, you know, how many alerts are too many alerts. And if it's too few, maybe there's patient safety issues there if you're not presenting them. I don't have an answer for that. It's something that's going to have to play out over the years. One of the things I think is kind of neat uh, in a recent Cadillac commercial I saw where, where the Cadillac was backing up, once the radar indicated that you were going to hit something, the, the driver's chair shook. So you're moving away from maybe the sound and the visual to more tactile kind of um, alerts where maybe with things like that, where you have alerts stimulating different parts of the human uh a sensory system, you know, maybe that's a good way to go. But visually and auto, you know, with uh, 
found it's just very easy for the human to be overwhelmed by all these words. One of the things I'm noticing in my work as a physician and as we go more into the electronic medical record world is there seems to be more of a working relationship between pharmacists and physicians. Have you noticed that as well? I mean, it seems to me that at least from my perspective as a doctor where I'd be on the floor seeing patients, I would order a medication, but the rest of it was kind of mysterious, magical, and invisible to me. The medication just kind of got to my patients. I didn't think much about it. But now we're so much more involved in in what we're doing. I I think it's a good thing. Have you noticed that from your perspective? Absolutely. And early in my career where we were – we really didn't have the opportunity to round as much as we would like and be on the floor because of all the other responsibilities we have. Now we are a decentralized part of the team, and I think that interdisciplinary teamwork is really making great inroads in the care of the patients. I think one important caveat to this is not just inpatient but outpatient, and continuity of care is a very uh, big deal, and I think communication from the clinicians inside the hospital and pharmacy, in inpatient in pharmacy, as well as communicating with the outside physicians, communicating with the outside pharmacies, because that, that information is, is key here for the safety of the patient and how we can really even use the computerized patient record where your community, your community pharmacy can actually see some of that information or have access to it is another tool in the future that will improve continuity care, improve the care of the patient, and really ultimately here we're looking at better outcomes more efficiently for our patients down the road. You're listening to Reach MD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, with Sean Yanchunis, who is a pharmacist, and we have a few more minutes left with Sean. And the other things I wanted to ask you, Sean, there's just so many things, but one of the things I really wanted to focus on as well is, and, and I can't talk about it enough, is the interactions of medications, the fact that many times we as physicians prescribe things and then another physician comes along, perhaps a specialist prescribes something else, and before you know it, they're on multiple medications, and patients, and let's face it, they're pretty good sometimes at telling you what medications are on, but they're not always that reliable. And if you don't get the right information, I know as a primary care doctor in my office, I could go long periods of time not even knowing that there were certain medications. The electronic system seems to make it a little more apparent and the records go a little further. Even with my own family, this is an issue. People uh, do not remember the medications that are on their doses. There's also pharmacy shopping. There's also physician shopping. And really, you don't know everything about the patient in in many respects. A lot of times, you find out from the insurance companies. uh, They'll call the pharmacy and say, look, you know, we have a request for this drug from this pharmacy and this drug from this pharmacy. There's an interaction there. So that is one way that the errors can, can be prevented. Maybe in the future, we'll have smartphones or some sort of technology, wristbands or rings or whatever that will have the um, complete you know, medication record uh, on it where no matter where you go, those clinicians or pharmacies will have the ability to see your, what medications you're on and be able to reconcile those medications and prevent uh, any kind of interactions or bad outcomes. But it is, I always recommend that you use the same pharmacy uh, as much as, as possible, because that is the safest way to ensure 
that you're not going to have any uh, drug interactions um, or safety issues with your medications. Well, another thing that I've seen, and um, it's becoming also more popular, is substances of abuse, that you can actually track down where patients have been and find out, especially in emergency rooms, if someone is using um, narcotics or whatever or oxycodone, something like that, you can actually go back and see the prescriptions where they've gotten it and pick it up so much quicker, even to the point of what hospitals they've been in. Correct. Now, in hospitals, this isn't as big of an issue as it was before. Because of the automated dispensing uh, machines that are out there, all access to these machines, are the use is kept um, electronically. And they can run reports and tear out people in different standard deviations uh, to see if there is any kind of diversion or patients are getting more uh, narcotics than they should. There have been some recent uh, laws passed in some states. I know New York is one of them where they're coming up with state systems that all the narcotics go into a single reporting uh, database. So those patients that do doctor shop and pharmacy shop, there is a way for the states to track down people and patients that might be abusing narcotics. And one final question, and probably to wrap it up, where do you see this going? Um, Where do you see as the long-term potential from a pharmacy standpoint and from a getting the right medications to our patient standpoint. Where, where do you see all of these changes leading? I think technology is going to be able to do a number of things. My hope is that continuity of care is addressed. The fact that you're in the outpatient, you're in the ER, you're an inpatient, and you're transferred, there is just so many areas that uh, you know medications might be changed incorrectly or not started correctly or not DC correctly. I think other things we might see from information technology is benchmarking, where you could compare yourself to other clinicians, compare yourself to other facilities, maybe try to identify where your weaknesses are and improve them. Ultimately, the, the country is, is really throwing a lot of money at HIT systems and the mini-for-use dollars. And we're all very hopeful that outcomes are going to be improved. Patient outcomes are going to be improved. Errors are going to be decreased. And we're going to do everything in a more efficient way. Because for stewardship reasons, there's uh, a lot of patients out there that need care. And we, we do need to have uh, an efficient way to, to treat uh, all the patients in the United States. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough on ReachMD. I want to thank Sean Yanchunas for joining us. Sean, I really appreciate your taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. Until next time, take care.